Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas and I'm joined by the devilish, the spooky, the creeping creature of the podcast, Beverly Bryant. And uh, this is our Halloween episode. How's it going, Bev? Feeling spooky? I'm feeling very spooky. I'm, I'm totally creeped out by all the songs we're going to play, especially this one. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, this is, you know, these are sounds of the undead, um, you know, sounds for the dying. Um, that's, okay, too dark. But anyway, but yeah, it's good stuff. Songs about ghosts and skeletons and otherworldly mystical beings, you know, it's just, you know, you just gotta get in touch with the spirits. Yeah, this is the time of year when people all over the world believe that the veil between this world and the next gets thinner, mm-hmm. and, and your ancestors might come back to visit you. Absolutely, I consulted with my Ouija board, and they said it said that we were gonna have a great show. So I'm really excited about this. I've got my choker and my pentagram ring, and yep. I banish you back to the Forever 21 from whence you came. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, I, you know, if she would have gotten away with it if it weren't for these meddling millennials. But, uh, anyway, um, we are listening to a classic song, which we were just discussing. Oingo Boingo, why'd you bring the song in, Beth? Well, because I think it's probably, like, the best Day of the Dead song that is not for the Day of the Dead. Right. I, I, like, it's, you know, it's just enough appropriation for you to, like, listen to it guilt-free um you know but it's just such a great track this is i was so excited when when i saw this in my email like i love this song and also i only recently saw the video because um one of the sound friends sound friends recommended it Mm. hi austin tronic um he always sends in great stuff and um i watched the video and for the first time that was a revelation for me because I did not realize that Danny Elfman was sort of attractive at one point. Ha ha. Well, once upon a t- once upon a dream, really. I used to when I first moved to the U.S. I used to listen to VH1 Classic. I like that was my shit. As one does. And that's where I saw the video for the first time. You know, they'd be like, Oingo Boingo throwback. And back then it was only like a 20 year old song. That was like a 30 year old song. Dang. And I'm like, oh, oh, hurts me right <laughs> in the memories. Um, so let's finish out this track, and then you know we have more, lots more to discuss.
So this episode I was super excited about when Richard said he wanted to do the Halloween episode because that means that I get to go back and dig through um, my trunks full of super gothy songs, which means we get to listen to a little Selma Aksor, a mm. little... La Miniteca del Miedo. I mean, you're a dark chick, girl. You, it, you went there. Yeah, so, you know, it's kind of... Obviously, Halloween is a special holiday uh, for, well, for me. For, you know, for us. And for Richard yeah. also. And so, you know, because we worship Satan. Of course. Um, and we're, we're, so, we're both dressed appropriately for this episode. Oh, totally, because it's time. Um, I've got my Halloween decorations up. Mm. and so I love the bat at, uh, on your front door. Thank you. It's just like this, this lame 99 cents the rubber bat. It's just so perfect. It's just like menacing and like both hilarious at the same time. I just, just want to let the demons know they can stop here. Hey, girl. Trick you know, treat. hey. Um, yeah, and so, you know, obviously we've, we, we were obviously going to play Selma Xor, Queen of Goth Queen dance. of the Mexican Night, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, La Miniteca del Miedo and Rituals, of course. So, but we were going to play like some more like recent songs by them, you know, catch up, see what they've been up to. Mm. So, um, with uh, Selma, we've got one of her more recent songs. It's uh, Luna Llena, which is full moon. Mm-hmm. The queen of dark dance stuff from Mexico. Um, like, we couldn't have this episode without her. And it's almost, like, so necessary that we had to kick it off with that. So the song is called Luna Llena, which is full moon.
cool. Um, wow, that was great. That was great. I'm excited. I really am. I'm really thrilled that you brought her in. I've never really been that into Selma Oxor, and like, I, I feel like I like I should be. I feel like after going to Mexico so many times and like hanging out in Monterrey and like Mexico City, and that you'd like get the vibe. Absolutely. And into it. When I first got into like the scene, I like kind of like one of the few sources I had was Club Phonograma, and on Phonograma they just like worshipped her. Again, like you know. I know a lot of gothy listeners that are going to like maybe pee themselves a little bit when they hear Selma. Um, what's next? Well, we've got a few more of the, um, you know, sort of your, your, your kings and queens of, of the night. Um, we have uh, La Miniteca del Miedo. No, 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 no. So, okay, if you've ever seen them live, you know that that's not how you say their name. You say their name like La Miniteca del Miedo. There we go. Attica. Okay. Uh-huh. So, you got it. You know, now that we're possessed. See, Google Translate can't really do that for you. And actually, I decided uh, we needed to go to a throwback, a really um, old classic, uh, Muerte y Sabrosura. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I want to move on to Rituals from Mexico, from Monterrey. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a more recent song called To Black. Estamos partidos 
Richard. I hear that you've actually gotten to see La Miniteca. So I've seen them twice, and I've never been a big fan. No? No. Mm-mm. Because they take themselves super seriously. So, but I recently had a change of heart. So let me give you a little context. So like the first time I saw them was here in New York. Um, and they had, um, they opened for Aspen, which was kind of a random pairing, but I just guessed, you know, they were both in town at the same time and people were like, sure. Um, and it wasn't like, it wasn't a bad show or anything. It was just weird. Everybody was kind of like, just a little, not necessarily freaked out, but people didn't quite grasp it. Um, and then I saw them at Festival Normal. I think it was like later that year. And people loved it. People went nuts for it. And I was like front row because I was like, you know what? I've seen these guys in New York. I was like, let me give them another chance. And I was like right at the front. And I still didn't quite get it because um, I thought they were so serious. And I was like, you know what? Something like goth cumbia or goth champeta, you kind of have to have a sense of humor to do something so preposterous. But if you do it while you're winking at the audience, then it's not going to be fun anymore. You have but to keep a straight face. Maybe, and maybe, but like, when, like, so now when I was at Hermoso Ruido um, last month, um, you know, I was just hanging out with some people and I was introduced to Nicolás, who is one of the members of La Miniteca Miedo. And we just hit it off, and he was such a cool dude. He was such a, such a cool dude. Really nice. Took us, like, we had this crazy late-night adventure with Kalimuta and Imabs, and, like, he took us to, like, we were all, like, drunk, and, you know, he took us to, like, this rant, like, a parking lot in the middle of nowhere where, like, some lady made the best soup ever. And we're like, okay, and, you know, and again, like, it was awesome. He was the, he was the guy. So it's just an act. Totally. Totally. Like, I'm sure he's, you know, like, genuinely gothy, because, like, I never saw him not wearing black. But, you know, he wasn't a dick or anything. And so, like, th then immediately, like, that's when La Miniteca clicked for me. Because I was like, oh, okay. So now I know that this is not just a show, but, like, they're intentionally being this serious, like you were saying. Because, um, again, like, it's kind of, it's a preposterous uh suggestion of like you know goth gumbia so you have i feel like you have to look at it and you know you have to take it seriously or it's just gonna fall apart it has to because it's funny it is it's kind of funny but it also is it kind of makes sense it's cool oh it's and it sounds great they they yes. they put a lot of work into it it sounds great i'm surprised that they've kept going with it you know um they have a new something yeah they, they're working on no something that's new. the thing it's like it's i thought honestly i thought they were going to be like this weird punk electronic thing and it would fizzle out but they're that's what they're serious about they're yeah. not quitting no i mean it, it they've gotten lots of attention they're going to be in new york uh at the end of the month for well really around the time that this thing airs uh they're coming to play quebajo for quebajo de los muertos um which i'm all about i still yeah, and actually their new stuff is great but uh it just i felt like you know, going back to, like, the way, just, like, this song, they really beat you over the head with the goth. It's, like, dripping with goth. It's pretty good. So it had to be the one. So I'm excited for Rituals next. Um, you know, I interviewed him once, way back when he was trying to conceal his identity. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I was trying to use, like, phone cards to call Mexico with my, um, ancient cell phone, because this was years and years ago. Um... And we couldn't make that work, and so we ended up doing it on Gchat. Gchat. Yeah, he wouldn't really reveal his location because he was trying to be mysterious. Oh wow! Yeah. 
so that it was interesting. before but i don't know well it used to be like you know it's a he not a group it's a he one guy um he's either from monterey or he lives there now and he's also still making music he's been going at that for a few years and um yeah but he's i think he he used to like wear like cover his face on stage and like a lot of artists do and like try to really conceal his identity that seems to be a trend in mexico and i don't know if it's just because they don't want like the whole fame thing to be a a thing or like if they they, they don't want their faces you know attached to the music just they want it to speak for itself or if it's commentary on sort of like the whole ski mask you know guerrilla you know paramilitary sort of uh feels that they have it could be um, a little of both. Plus, maybe um, masks are a big part of Mexican culture in general. They really are. You know, you've, yeah. you've got the luchadors. 
Um, but on top of that, I think it it's like, I'm not sure that there's necessarily more um, artists wearing masks in Mexico than in the rest of the world. Do you think? I just, at least within this scene, I it's, it's a consistent yeah, part of Mexican. Right. Like, outside of Mexico, the ones that come to mind are Miniteca, for sure, and like Dengue Dengue Dengue. Oh, and freak stylers who from Argentina, but they now live in Mexico. Aha. So, you know, mm. there was actually Remesca actually did a really interesting article about why um, a lot of artists from all over Latin America are moving to Mexico. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Why, now, really why is that? Um, you know, it, well, they, they talk to people in different countries, different cities. Um, but generally speaking, you know, the, the common trend was money. I mean, you know, not only are you more likely to make it in Mexico just because there's a bigger receptiveness to that, um, but also like many countries, like they are, have no interest in actually paying you for a booking. You know, again, I got a lot of really interesting like, inside scoop. Mexico while I was in actually has a music industry for sure. So there's that exactly. Even and like, though a lot of it's in Mexico City, but that's money. You know? Still, for sure. Again, like so uh, many festivals in Mexico. It's mm-hmm. true. There's just more opportunity there. You know, and if you get in with the right crowd, you'll, you know, you'll come up in the world for sure. I have to get in with the right crowd. I have to find one. You, I think you're in with the right crowd. You're with I, me. I don't know. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we're, we're the right crowd. We're a crowd. So, okay. So, so far these have all been yours. I'm really excited about what I brought this week. I, I really feel like I, I, I'm kicking ass this week. I'm, I'm feeling good. No, you are. Like, you sent me your songs, and then, like, I was like, okay, well, I better come back with something good. I'm really excited about what you've got next. Um, so, okay. So, we're gonna hear some faves of mine. I didn't realize that, like, I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that so many of the songs that I brought in are very me, because, like, camp is, is very me. Um, and so we're gonna start off these next few songs... Uh, with Alaska Dinarama, which is one of my favorite, favorite groups of all time. Campy, B-movie disco from, like, late 1970s, early 80s Spain. Uh, it is everything you want it to be. The song is, is Mi Novio es un Zombie, which is just epitomizes, really, Alaska Dinarama's um, sort of aesthetic, their sound, their message it just it's so them and it's it's oh i love it it's one of my all-time favorite songs
for some reason, whenever I end up at someone's house party or whatever, they always are like, hey, can you like, you know, put some songs? And like, I always end up kind of doing a DJ set and I always put that shit in and people are like, what? Ah! And then they like sing along. Yeah, people are always like, well, you're the music critic. Put on some songs. Right. Don't you know what to do? And then like nobody, and then like I'll play things and no one's going to like it. Um, or like they'll turn it off later and mm. I'm just like, well, you asked me to play some songs. Well, being a DJ is also like no easy task. I mean, because like, sure, I know some great music. But do I know a lot of great music right now on the spot that all goes together? That, and that you all want... Yeah, no, it's, I have a lot of respect for DJs. But oh. also, like, I I bring this up because I do know the one secret that I know you know, too. Play something from the 80s. Almost always. Almost always. I uh, Fun fact, I once DJed at a club in Buenos Aires. Um, not a lot of people know this because I was such a nervous wreck. I didn't... I, I, I'd never publicized it very much, but... It was just really random. I needed money, and, you know, I remember looking at, like, Craigslist Buenos Aires. Richard was young, and he needed the money. Hello. Yes, I did. And it was at this random gay bar called Kim Inovac, which, obviously, and it was all the birds themed. It was such a strange place, because Kim Novak starred in the movie. Right. That is really weird. Um, That was the most random theme for a bar I've ever heard of. So odd. And so, like, I just went, and I, like, I DJed, and I, I played, I, I, at the time, I was really feeling very 80s, which was very appropriate, because Argentina, and really just South America in general, has the biggest boner for anything 80s. And so they loved me. I was playing Pet Shop Boys. And I played, I remember, I played Oingo Boingo's Dead Man's Party. Yes! I remember I played I'm that. I'm so sad I wasn't there. That was one of my highlight tracks. I would have freaked out. And people were like living. And mind you, it was like 20 people or whatever, but people kept being like, so what are people listening to in New York? And at the time, I just, I was like, I don't know, yeah, that's, that's the thing. No one actually wants to know. Uh, so it's just like, maybe the best thing is to like to play one weird thing they haven't heard of. And then just like, the rest of it is going to be Bananarama. Exactly. Oh my god! But it was so it was it was it was actually kind of a hit, and they wanted to give me my own night. They were like, "You're great. Can you come and do Mondays?" And it was just weird. And I was just like, I, "I too much anxiety. I couldn't do it." I can understand that. Well, this song is fantastic. I mean, like Alaska Dianorama have a lot of different like sounds and things that they do, mm-hmm. but like I love this because it's very like. If the B-52s was goth and from Spain? Absolutely. Um, they were one of the big bands uh, during La Movida uh, in Madrid. Um, Alaska was known for being very androgynous. It was very, very interesting. Have um, we talked about La Movida before on this podcast? We haven't. Mm-mm. Maybe we should do a whole episode of that one time. I, I would love that. I would absolutely love that because, like, I would I would bring in like Mecano and Magneto and you know like a couple of those really really classics. The so great um, I've mostly learned about it from a great article that uh, the the writer and my friend uh, Joni Jackson wrote. Oh, cool! So for Remezcla, I think. about La Movida. Yeah, or was it for MTV Iggy? I don't remember, but it was more, a really. It was more likely Iggy. It was a really good article though. Hmm. So. I would say Link Me, but oh, Iggy MTV Iggy doesn't exist anymore. All right, I want to follow that up with uh, a song by Denver. You know, I want to keep things a little current, um, and so I'm gonna play Negros del Color de su Corazón. So this was a one-off track that they put out um, a little bit before. Uh, I'm sorry, a little bit after their, the release of their their not their most recent record, but the previous one, uh, Fuera de Campo. They they um, 
the song was sort of their entry into a, a contest, like a songwriting contest. Um, I don't think they won it, but it was like to, to be like in a commercial or something like that. Um, and it's really, really great. Um, I, you know, they, they actually, a lot of their They song- entered a contest? Mm-hmm. To be in a commercial yep. with their songwriting, yep. and they sent in a song called "Negro es el color de su corazón." That black is the color of their heart. That's Dan- Denver would do that. Yeah, they would. They, that's what they would do. Well, what a lot of people don't realize about Denver is just you know, like behind the guise of disco and like beautiful ethereal harmonies. A lot of their songwriting is really morbid. Um, That's why I love them. Yeah, like you know, like their song Las Fuerzas, which is like beautiful and ABBA esque, is about a slasher. It's about like a serial murderer. And like if you see the video, they're like in the south of Chile, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is such a beautiful camping," and they all get murdered. They all get <laughs> murdered. Um, they're really, really intense. And I even thought about maybe going into like Milton's own solo p- project, um, Nueva Orleans. Because um, he his like the first album he put out as Nueva Orleans is called The Faces of Death, Las Caras de la Muerte. So like he's really dark. Like he's a cool guy, but he's dark. No, yeah, no, he's he's warped inside, and that's that's why I love his music. Um, it really reminds me a lot of Bell and Sebastian. Oh which yeah, is one totally. of my favorite bands. Totally. and you know where it's like it sounds like really sweet, and it's like oh, but you're singing about S and M, okay. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how Denver is. And so this song in particular. Um, it's about witches. It's about witches coming and eating children. And oh, great. <laughs> it's great. Let's hear it.
Um, okay, cool. So, you know, it, it, you know, it's fun to be all, like, dark and spooky and, like, campy and ridiculous. But, you know... Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, um, I mean, Halloween and Dia de los Muertos and All Saints Day and all that jazz... You know, it all has a reason for being, you know. It's not just like, well, grandmas needed a reason to, like, you know, be cute and give out candy and put children in, like, piglet costumes. Yes. You know, like, there, there is a reason behind it, you know. And obviously, like, every culture, every country, you know, has a different story. It's not candy. It's not. Well, I mean, you know, that's a common denominator, I think. Um but, you know, so for example, like, let's start with a little bit, you know, just to give a little context. I think, really, in terms of Latin America, Dia de los Muertos is kind of just the ubiquitous holiday. Um, so much so that it's just consumed and watered down and, you know, just vulgarized. <laughs> it's just ravaged by, by the media and by just really anybody ready to make a buck. And in the U.S. as well. Like, it's sort of like, I don't know. I just, like, socks, T-shirts, everything has a sugar, sugar skull on it now. Yeah. And I feel like everybody loves it because, like, aesthetically, Dia de los Muertos is fascinating and beautiful. Like, everything about it is great. But I feel like the more there are things with uh, Dia de los Muertos decorations on them mm-hmm. everywhere, the less it seems like there's anyone who knows much about what the holiday is about. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like, you know, um, in Mexico, death is something that's, like, at your door at all times. In Mexico, death is not really something that Mexicans are culturally afraid of. Um, It's sort of something that is embraced as something that's essential to life. Well, people say that, but I mean, like, I'm... I feel like that's probably not literally true. Everybody wants to live. Well, obviously, most people, but, but most of us want to live. But if you think about like not even, me, even back into like Aztec culture, like Quetzalcoatl, which was like I would say even their main deity is the god of death, Katrina, which is like you know you always see like the skeleton and like the really fabulous dress and big Sunday hat. Katrina is the goddess of death. And, like, all these, you know, La Santa Muerte, like, all this stuff, you It's know. true. There's still a Santa Muerte cult. Absolutely. But it's not even that that it's a cult. It's just a part of being Mexican. It's just a part of everyday life. And I, I think it just, you know, death punctuates life, you know? It um, does. And, in, and many people will say also is what gives life meaning. Absolutely. And so in Mexico, it's very much... If it, life has meaning... <laughs> Okay, well, um, so waiting for Beverly Godot. Um, uh, anyway, but like my, my point being, you know, it's just in Mexico, it's something I would say even more celebratory than it is funereal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that very much. And I, I really like the idea of not just honoring uh, those you've lost, but also just, you know, honoring the process of life. You know, that, you know, death is an inevitable part of it. Um, so... Uh, We're going to play two songs back-to-back on this one. Um, I brought in um, a traditional folk song called Las Calaveras, uh, Cumbala Cachumbala. Um, And it's just, well, but it's it's calaveritas, you know. Um, And it's just about little skulls, and, you know, it kind of tells a story about, like, you know, skulls and Dia de los Muertos, and it's just like a cute sort of, like, children's song. Um, And we're going to play that back-to-back with La Santa Cecilia's own uh, Calaverita. So, again, it's just, you know, just trying to honor a very proud tradition and just trying to bring that back to sort of an original idea and just 
you know, actual emotional, cultural For sure. Roots. And, like, you know, I really like the lyrics to Calaverita because mm-hmm. it's um, it really is a song about embracing death, but also embracing life. Yep. You know? So let's listen to that now.
so I think this is a really good opportunity to talk about this. Um, I, cause I've, I've never been a big fan of La Santa Cecilia. Like I, I like them and I like what they do and I've met them a number of times and I've chatted with them and they're just really cool people. But musically speaking, it's never been like my thing. Um, you know, it just, it's a personal, it, I guess it's a personal matter of taste. Again, I respect them very much. They're phenomenal uh, performers. I mean, no, it's true. I mean, you wouldn't expect me to be pushing them either. Like, they're they're fun and yeah. lighthearted, but also serious and politically well, earnest. Well, very political, yeah. And so it's like, I definitely respect that part of them, but also it's like, you know, it's not really my kind of music. Yeah, I respect them very much. And again, like... Um, but you know what? I saw them play at Rudo Fest, mm-hmm. and I was dancing the whole time, and it was awesome. So, and sometimes you just don't really need a band that's like challenging your brain. Sometimes you really just want to have a good time. Well, they do challenge your brain, though. Mm, I don't know. But I the, mean, the lyrics. But you know, they're just really great musicians. Marisol is a great singer. Oh she, my like, god, they're accordion player. She was. Oh, I, I've met the guy. He's really cool. He's a really nice guy. He shreds. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about this before, I think. And Marisol was all, also ready to fight a junkie who works for Phonograma for me once. And, <laughs> you know, that's never-ending love for her. Um, and it's a, t- a story that I will never get tired of telling. Are you going to tell me? Well, I, I've already told you. But no, we're going to do... pretend like you didn't. <laughs> I've, anybody far and wide knows that I've, I've, I've told this story. But again, if you are ever interested in hearing the tales of my feud with Glufonograma, just feel free to ask me and I will be able to spill all the tea. Richard's wearing a t-shirt right now that says, ask me about my feud. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, well, where Beverly's wearing some little devil horns, I'm actually cosplaying as Miniteca del Apathy. So <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, no, but, you know, so the, the reason I just mentioned that, because I guess I don't need, really need to mention, like, oh, I hate Santa Cecilia, because I don't, but it's just like, why, there's a reason for me bringing that up. It's because I think we both agree on a band that neither of us likes very much, and that would be appropriate on this on this um, playlist. Richard, are you referring to the conspicuous absence of prayers? Yes, that is exactly what I'm referring to. Um, you know, because we were both like, so we're playing prayers, right? And then we were both like, nope, we're not playing prayers. Look, Why? I, you know, they have a new song. They do. Which has a decolonizing message that I appreciate. Which is great. Um, and and the, the images were pretty. Yeah, but if you watch the video, it's super corny. Look, oh. we're just going to come out and say it. We don't think Prayers is a good band. Yeah. Um, the songs are not good. The videos are corny. And while they're being corny, <laughs> they're also glorifying violence. Like, frequently, in a way that's like, okay, this is what... No, it's just... Look, there's, like, so many things about their videos that, like, I can't really... Or their whole image or the stuff that they're about. Because, like, you know what? We've come... I've come close to saying this on air before, and you've cut it out or lost the... We lost that. Or lost it. Because we discussed it and lost it. I almost don't believe that they're, like... Real. A real band. Honestly, I think that, like, the... Cholo goth movement, which first of all has, they did not invent. Um, but insofar as like they created it, does not exist. Uh, for the listener at home, uh, listeners at home, oh, I love that I made that singular. Um, for, for the listener at home, <laughs> mom. Um, so no. Hi, Andre. <laughs> if, if only. Um, no, but for the listeners at home. Uh, Prayers, if you don't know them or if you've never heard of them, uh, it's a duo 
uh, from L.A. Uh, they are Mex- of Mexican descent. They are cholos. One of them is. I, oh, okay. Or says he is. Well, they're cholos, you know. Now, the so. other guy is like this white hipster with a beard. Oh, probably. He could be Mexican. He Mexicans be. are light-skinned and wear beards. Yeah, I don't get that vibe. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but basically they're singing uh, and making goth music, if you will. Um, it's just like a really contrived Rob Zombie situation. Um, and I don't... Rob Zombie's music is way better. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. Um... You know, like they don't, it's, it's like they decided to come up with a, like the songs are so bad that it's like, it's a hoax. It just, yeah, it doesn't feel legit. I, I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, music critics out there that are like really eager to make them a thing and, and want them to be legit. I, you know, I'm, he, I guess I'm, I enjoy the fact that they are questioning what Latino hood means to especially a lot of Latinos, like the whole goth thing and being Latino, it just in a lot in a lot of people's minds doesn't work. Maybe, but there's like hell of Latino goths. Yeah, but again, that's going not, way back. But it's questioning sort of that mainstream identity. So like, I do see some sort of validity there. I just musically, it doesn't do it for me. I've actually heard from people who have interacted with them and who've worked with them at festivals that they're total divas, not very nice people that's neither here nor there again we judge the music and i don't think either of us enjoys the music very much but anyway that is uh, this is not the i hate prayers mess anyway we're (sighs) gonna we're gonna say it we think prayers is some kind of hoax yeah and so anyway we just wanted to mention because like i'm sure that we'll get like a question or two around there like why is prayers not on the episode that's why guys um what is great and what we are going because they're bad (laughs) wow and they're fat. Anyway. Um, um, but what we are going to highlight is something that is good. Uh, so we have a, a track by Alejandro y Maria Laura that you brought in, Bev. Oh my God, I love this song. So can, tell, tell us a little bit about the track. Um, well, first of all, um, I only know about this song because the fantastic Catalina Maria Johnson recommended it for Soundfriend. Oh, cool. And I watched the video, and um, they are a Peruvian folk pop duo. Mm-hmm. And this song is called uh, Fiesta para los Muertos. And I just love it because it's cheery and gloomy at the same time, and I could just listen to it forever. Cool. Let's go ahead and listen to that now. Los niños no vuelan, cruzan desiertos. En mi ciudad penan todos los muertos. Cada lunes empieza a llover. Cada lunes empieza a llover. Cada lunes empieza a llover. Los hombres se acuestan sobre el cementerio. Tal vez sea la culpa. Por no ir al entierro, cada lunes empieza a llover. Cada lunes empieza a llover. Cada lunes empieza a llover. Y del subsuelo emergen cuerpos con sed de cielo Y aunque tengan los 
que siempre estarán a mi lado Siempre estarán a mi lado We just had like a little minute about um, prayers, hatred, and then also like Mexican folklore. Um, so one of two the great tastes that go great together, <laughs> like Kool Aid and Seven Up, and rum, always rum. Yes. And speaking of rum, um, so one of the things that I was thinking about when 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 I was researching for this episode was about. So I grew up in Dominican Republic, and Dominican Republic is a really superstitious place. Um, for good and for bad, you know, 
for bad is that people take a lot of this stuff real serious. Um, but for good, it just makes it way more colorful and like really more, a lot more interesting. Um, and so like DR has like these really, really deeply entrenched sort of like beliefs and like the supernatural, you know, the, very much about like spirits and like, um, you know, possessions and, you know, talking to the dead and even like a lot of like, you know, supernatural beings, uh, one of them being, um, La Ciguapa. Now see, I saw that song title and I listened to the song and then I Googled Ciguapa and then I looked at Google image search and then I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so La Ciguapa is maybe like, uh, Dominican Republic's most notorious like folk figure. Um, and it's basically, it's, she's kind of like a land mermaid, if you will. Like she, um, she is a naked woman, um, who usually like lives in the mountains or whatever. And she always walks around naked. She never puts on any clothes. No clothes. Um, and her distinguishing uh, mark is that her feet are backwards. So she walks with backwards feet, which is really weird. Um, and so she like lures men and, cause she's quite beautiful. Depends on the, on the telling of the story. Sometimes she's just like an old hag. But uh, it, usually she's beautiful because she attracts men and then she, like, devours them or kills them or whatever, you know, depending on whoever's telling the story, her, her line of death tends to change. But, so, yeah, so she, and in some cases, she's not even bad. She's just, like, uh, this mysterious woman with backwards feet that people just see running around, like, kind of like Bigfoot. Like, no, no one's ever been attacked by Bigfoot. They've just seen it, you know? So, um, yeah, so La Guapa is one of those very, like, major figures, um, and Dominican culture. And so we have this song uh, by Chichi Peralta. It's like this very traditional merengue. And yeah, he's just singing about her. And, you know, again, it's it's this really cool cultural song. Um, I just, I don't know. There's something about it that just really spoke to, spoke to me and like made me feel really happy and reminiscent of home. I dig it. Let's play it. Yes, man! Yeah. I have my mucha chita linda, you know. I don't know. Guapa linda! Yo tengo mi ciguapa, mi ciguapita linda, ojo azul de territa, 
Um, and so I really want to follow this up. Again, I want to keep us in DR for one more. Um, let's keep it a little more current. This song actually just came out. It may not even be officially out. Really? Um, yeah, this is a song. I, I mean, I just got it off YouTube, but like everybody's like, it's brand, 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 brand new. Um, this is by El Mayor Clásico, who's this like demboero who's really popular in DR right now. Like, Actually, yeah, I was kind of surprised when you put this on the playlist. Yeah, well, again, like, I'm I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone. Like, it, it, this would otherwise be called synth pop mess. And I need, <laughs> I need to, like, you know, keep you guessing. Um, and so, yeah, El Mayor Clásico is, like, out here. He's, you know, he's one of the big names in Dembo and DR. Um, and this is a song called... Well, the the original title was Brujeria. Then, like, when it was leaked, it was El Gagayor. Uh, and that's referencing Gaga, which is sort of like, again, this sort of spiritual... Um, it's it's not quite a belief system. It's more, like, ritual-based. Uh, it's similar to uh, Palo or even a little bit of Voodoo. It's, it, like, it's definitely more from the African tradition. It's very rhythmic-based, you know, like, with the sticks. Um, and so, yeah... Um, and it, which in DR again, like it, I wanted, I was actually gonna include a song by um, by La Lupe because I wanted to like reference her like Santeria, mm-hmm. you know, because again like Halloween and Dia de los Muertos and All Saints Day and all that, it's all spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt like this one actually did a better job of it because it is directly referencing Gaga. Um, and so again, it's it's this is that very like Afro Caribbean sort of um, African uh, heritage and spirituality. Um, and uh, I mean, this is Dembo, so it's of course ratchet and lewd, but, (laughs) but it's still referencing that sort of greater consciousness. No, I get it. Awesome. Cool. So this is El Mayor Clásico and this is El Gagayor or Brujería. Me monté con Anaísa, me monté con San Miguel, écheme agua bendita. Porque hoy yo voy a beber brujería. Oye mayor, dale pa' allá Hoy yo me voy a 
Dígame, por favor, me duelen hasta las uñas. Me duele la cabeza, los cabellos. Digo, los cabellos no duelen. Yeah, no, you, you heard they had like some traditional drums in there at the beginning mm -hmm. for a second. No, this is deep. Well, the first line is like, me monté con Anaísa, me monté con San Miguel. Like, montarse, the, the actual like, to montar is to ride. Uh, but in DR, when you say that, like, oh, so-and-so is riding, mm -hmm. is that they're currently channeling a spirit. Oh, like um, an Orisha. Yeah, of sorts. Like in, like in Santeria, when someone, yeah. they say people are ridden by an Orisha. Yeah, that's, so that's exactly what that is. And I have friends who tell stories, like they would like play, like I have one, one, one of my very old friends, she was like, yeah, you know, she told me a story. She was like, oh, yeah, I was in my friend's house. And like we were like playing around with like a Ouija board. And then all of a sudden, like, a spirit went into my friend and, like, you know, she started, like, writhing and, like, moving and, like, it was, like, a whole thing and she went stiff as a board and it was, like, this whole situation. Like, people really believe in this stuff. Well, obviously, there's a lot of ghosts in the Dominican Republic and mm -hmm. you've got Siguapa running around. So it's a good thing people are, like, superstitious because otherwise they wouldn't know what was going on. I would kill to find a book that really goes deep into, like, Dominican folklore like this. Like... There's stories of, like, galipotes and sanganos, which are shapeshifters. Uh, there's bacajas and guanguas, which are um, uh, yeah, the curses. You know, there's so much good stuff. Oh, um, well. Bien bienes and I stuff mean, like that. I, I just finished reading The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde, mm -hmm, and that, mm -hmm. that gets into some of that stuff. Yeah, he definitely talks about uh, about some of that stuff there. I like. I, I would love to find, like, a compiled sort of glossary of sorts. Um, I think it would be, it's so interesting. They have And, like, if you go to DR, like... Um, if you go to like really like sort of markets, like rural markets, there's always like a section with like the candles to, you know, saints and stuff like that. Um, like I remember like seeing love potions and I'm like, oh, I'm going to stay away from that. Um, but yeah, like, you know, they, they, they believe in like limpia as like clean cleanses and stuff like that. Um, and again, like it's not even just DR, like, I mean, really all over the Caribbean, um, anywhere where there's like deep African roots, there's, there's a lot of that. So like you can find it, you know, maybe not direct Santeria per se, but you can find, uh, traces of that in Brazil. You can find that in Colombia. Well, you know, even every, in Mexico, every country has their own traditions. Like in Absolutely. Brazil, it's, um, Candomblé, I believe, mm -hmm. you know, so they have, you know, their own, like, they all have their own, like, syncretic tradition that's similar to Santeria. Yeah. You know. It's cool that a lot of music comes with it. Like, again, it, it, you know, if you listen to, like... All the music comes from it. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about, like, uh, La Lupe, again, you know, a lot of her music has that, like, very, like, traditional, like, Afro-Cuban percussion to it. And, like, she, you know, she would, like, go into trance on stage and stuff like that. Like, that's why a lot of people were, like, the older generations are a little... We're always a little scared of La Lupe, because La Lupe came not just as a pop star. She came with that spiritual baggage, with, which was challenging to, like, you and know, our fathers and grandfathers. And she was completely open about it. You Absolutely, know? Like, yeah. you know, she would be on British television going, like, I wear all of this jewelry because of my religion, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, it was very, it was, it was every part of, it was very much a part of her. Um, and now, like, again. Total badass. Well, because it's, like, it's so, it's not just spooky, right? It, this is, like, stuff that's very, um you know, that has sort of a, a, what's the word that I'm looking for? It, ha it, it can be a little, it can have like real consequences. It can, it can be really real to people. Like people have died or been killed and then, be, you know, people have claimed, oh, I was under possession and stuff like that. You know, like a lot of people, 
Wow, that is not where I thought you were going with that. No, there is but... deep there is deep belief in the stuff, you know, or like, oh, yeah, you know, I had a dream, and then the next day, like, my grandmother was like, you know, it, it, a lot of people are very, uh, you know, take this stuff very seriously, um, and you know, I've heard so many stories. So and, I mean, I know that you're like a complete skeptic, but mm-hmm. I keep an open mind. I think we don't. I'm not that impressed with, like, how much human beings have figured out about life that I'm going to be like, yeah, none of that's real. Yeah, I mean, again, like, we've, we've, we've exchanged, like, real-life ghost stories, um, you know, and it's, it, it's tricky, you know, it's tricky. Again, it's, belief is, is a powerful uh, force. So, I don't know, it's just a lot of people tend to, like, be careful with it in in at least in in the caribbean people are very very careful with that kind of stuff like it you know or like if you go to the heights i you know there are people who will not walk past uh, a botanica or go in it because they're like Mm-mm, nope not messing with the spirits not doing anything not saying anything because a lot of people really like you know it's not hey, even just a respect it's a maybe, there's a fear maybe not a bad idea i don't know hey Okay, so, you know, going with um, traditions and this one sort of uh, maybe a little similar to the Siguapa song, but this is a traditional song called uh, La Bruja. Um, Many, many people have sung it. This one's by Leela Downs, and I picked that out because it's a very, she's famous for singing this song and also because we haven't played Leela Downs before. And she's a serious traditionalist. Like, I mean, I... For a long time, I I didn't even know who she was or like ever heard her music. But I remember seeing her just always. She always looks like a deity. She always looks like a goddess. She's on stage and she's covered in like feathers and embroidery and flowers and she she's kind so of is gorgeous. a goddess. <laughs> um, no, uh, I like knew who she was, but then um, Isabella took me to see her one day, and we were just blown away. Oh, you're so lucky. She was incredible. Um, so you know, this song it's sort of it's sort of about a witch, but it could also be interpreted as just being about like um, a witchy woman. Uh, and so it's a bit like so it's a bit like the Siguapa song in, in that sense. Um, and you know, I think the, it's fascinating because it's this very traditional song, but the lyrics are open to interpretation. So let's, let's give it a listen. Chupa, me agarra la bruja, me lleva a su casa, 
me vuelve maceta y una calabaza Me agarra la bruja, me lleva al cerrito Me sienta en sus piernas, me da bebecito Ay, dígame, ay, dígame, ay, dígame usted Cuántas criaturitas se ha chupado usted Ninguna, ninguna, ninguna no ve Que no hay pretensiones de chuparme first time I heard this, I was like, it's about a witch who drinks your blood? So, yeah, you were completely wrong about that, this being about, a, like, a beautiful, you know, witchy woman that, like, energizes your life. No, she is the witch. That's not what, what <laughs> that's not the kind of witchy woman I meant. Oh, no, oh, you said, like, 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 in that, like, like Siguapa, but I meant in the sense that it's, like, in that it's sense that there's a metaphor. Oh, no, there, no, she's, she's singing first person here. She's like, I'm the witch, I'm flying around, and, like, we're cackling and laughing, and we're, like... The, the first lines is like, oh, it's so wonderful to fly and fly around. And she's like, and we're like having our laughs and like I fall into my sister's arms and we're like laughing and laughing. Like, so you think it's meant to be taken completely literally? She's absolutely the witch. Okay. And it's, she's emoting the hell out of this song. I just like to hear like, I hear like kind of like a, I'm very inspired by witches as an archetype. Oh yeah. So I, I sort of like see it as like being about, being about a witch, but also being witchy. And I, I think as a companion piece uh, for that, um, wow, there's a lot of Mexican stuff in here today. I'm kind of excited about it. Um, we so, did good. So when I was doing some research, I've, I, obviously I wanted a song to highlight uh, Dia de los Muertos. And so I came across that little folk song that we played earlier. And I also want, came across this one. Uh, the song is called Viene la Muerte Cantando. Um, and it's a corrido by Antonio Aguilar. It's a very, very, very old song. Um, and so I was listening to stuff and everybody was like, well, yeah, the Antonio Aguilar is kind of like the definitive version, but you know, Mercedes Medina's version, um, it's better or whatever. Like when I was researching, that's, this is the one that kept coming up. And so I listened to it and I was blown away with it by the, by the song. So it's like really beautiful sort of classic Mexican golden age kind of like music. It's just a gorgeous song. So what does this mean? Where, where to where death is singing? Uh, yeah, the, the, the de death is coming and it's singing. You know, and it's just, and that's exactly it. That is so metal. But it also, but again, it just, again, underscores sort of uh, Mexican reverence and cheeriness around death. Again, it's, it's, always, a, it's always a celebration. It's, it's not usually mourning. Um, so, I don't know. Well, let's listen to it now. Again, this is la, Viene la, la Muerte Cantando, and this is by Mercedes Medina. Y el sol es otra chispita 
welcome death <laughs> i hate you um yeah i mean again like i was just you know i was just telling you a little bit about like um how she says like you know ben pelona or like she's just inviting death she's just like come for me or don't come for me and i feel like that's just so epitomizes the the mexican attitude towards death it's just like it's there you're either gonna it's either gonna happen today or it's not and that's just it and we move forward um and I guess, you know, we've reached the end of our show, and I want to still, you know, I want to keep in that spirit. I kind of just, death is tricky, Um, loss and mourning, and I I think this year in particular, we've lost, uh, you know, a lot of people that we respected, be it artistically or just in our life, Um, you know, like, I find myself talking about death a lot lately, not not in nice ways. <laughs> um, I have, I'm very blessed that I haven't lost anyone, uh, like any friend or any family member, uh, of late, but you know, I do have a number of, of family members that are sick. Um, and, and that's it, really scary. It is very scary. Um, and like people, like a lot of people around me either have or have had cancer, uh, recently. Um, and that's, that's tricky. It's, I mean, because again, some you know, for the older people that that are getting it, it's it's harder to treat. Um, and again, like it's very different if you get like if you have like a lump versus something that's like attached to like say like your nervous system or your lymph nodes or whatever. Um, so it's tricky and it sucks and you know, not everybody's gonna make it out. Um, On the other hand, as long as we're talking about death, you know, nobody makes it out of here alive. Hello. Um, this is, well, Song Mass is, is Thunderdome. But, yeah, I mean, and so, I, again, uh, you know, just num- a number of people in my family have been diagnosed with some uh, unsavory <laughs> uh, illnesses. Um, and, yeah, and so I wanted to close out the, the show with a song by Carlos Gardel. 
the legendary tango singer. Um, and it's called Adios Muchachos. And I feel it's, it's him grappling with his own mortality and bowing out, telling everybody, that's it for me. It's curtain call. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, just gonna go do my otherworldly thing. Um, and I just, I feel like that's, that's really real. You know, I mean, even this year, you know, Bowie put out that album, which was basically him addressing his own mortality. And I feel like, again, if there's any lesson to be got, taken from the music that we've heard today is just death is a part of life. Um, we need to face it head on. Uh, it's scary because of the unknown. Um, but again, it has to be dealt with. You can't, you can't outrun it. And that's, that's one reason why, um, you know, I think, you know, Dia de los Muertos is such a wonderful holiday Mm -hmm. and why I think so many people in the U.S. who aren't of Mexican descent are kind of drawn to it because, you know, um, American culture isn't very good at dealing with death. Yeah. I think that, you know, so we don't really, like, it's almost like, um... That's something that we wish we had, but it's sort of, um, it's hard. So before we uh, go and drink our sorrows away, um, just please remember that you can always find us on all of the social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Haunt us on iTunes. iTunes. Again, we need reviews. We need comments. Why are you listening? Please let other iTunes subscribers know um, because we need more. You know, please share it. Again, we are on SoundCloud, but iTunes is always best. Um, email us at songmessmusic at gmail.com. We're, you know, we, we want you to be our guest. Come haunt us in real life. Who knows? Um, do you have anything else to add, Bev? <laughs> I'll take... Boo. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Have a wonderful, spooky Halloween um what's your what's your favorite spooktacular song let us know share it and uh yeah you said spooktacular yeah yeah i did and uh yeah so here's carlos gardel thank you so much guys we'll catch you guys next time boo Muchachos compañeros de mi vida, barra querida, de apenas tiempo, me toca a mí voy a emprender la retirada, debo alejarme de mi buena muchachada. Adiós muchachos, ya me voy y me resigno, contra el destino, nadie la talla. Se terminaron para mí todas las barras, mi cuerpo enfermo no resiste más. Acuden a mi mente recuerdos de otros tiempos, de los buenos momentos que antaño disfruté, cerquita de mi madre santa viejita y de mi noviecita que tanto idolatré. Se acuerdan que era hermosa, más linda que la diosa y que brioso de amor le di mi corazón. Mas el señor celoso de sus encantos, hundiéndome en el llanto, me la llevó. Es Dios el juez supremo, no hay quien se le resista. Ya estoy acostumbrado, su ley a respetar. 
fue mi vida deciso con sus mandatos llevándome a mi madre y a mi novia también dos lágrimas sinceras derramo en mi partida por la barra querida que nunca me olvidó y al darle a mis amigos el adiós postrero les doy con toda mi alma mi bendición adiós muchachos compañeros de mi vida barra querida de aquel tiempo me toca amigo y emprender la retirada debo alejarme de mi buena muchachada adiós muchachos ya me voy y me resigno contra el destino nadie es se terminaron para mí toda la farra mi cuerpo enfermo no resiste más